So the Lord is saying some things to us this morning. Uh, for those who are uninitiated, who don't maybe have not seen this before, this is very biblical. This is what, if you read First and Second Corinthians and uh, some of the other uh, mentions that Paul makes in the New Testament about how the church is fed by God. And it is fed by uh, people standing up and giving personal exhortations, which we've heard this morning. Other people who have had actual words from the Spirit of God, which we've heard this morning. And whatever it is that I'm going to say, <laughs> and uh, whatever it is that the Word is saying uh, to us. So God has many different ways to give us guidance. Some of what was said this morning might be just for one individual. Because God is interested in the individual. This whole service could be for one person. And that's totally okay. That's fine. Or God, but God's very crafty. He knows how to hit three or four birds with one stone. He knows how to do that. And speaking to us about coming close to him. And how important it is that we come close to him. And trusting that his power is working inside of us. And that what is happening to the world right now and what is happening uh, to the world is not something that we need to get disconcerted about. It's not something that should throw us off our game, right? Because, as I've said before, and I'll probably say it every time I speak, there's other stuff coming. And if we can't conquer this, there's people not here this morning because they won't wear a mask. And if we can't handle this, what are we going to do in the future? And so we have to really allow ourselves to be humbled by the Spirit of God and allow ourselves to actually do things that maybe we don't like doing. Who likes sitting here with a mask on their face? I'm doing, I can't, I can take mine off because I've got the distance. But the fact is, the reality is, who likes doing it? Nobody likes doing it. But it's what we do for two reasons. Because it is what the law is asking us to do, and good medical common sense, and also it's respecting the person that's sitting beside you. It, Paul said, listen, I can drink wine. He said, but listen, if it's going to make my younger Christian fall, then I won't touch wine. If this is what makes the person sitting next to me secure, feel secure, then absolutely. I'd put a pillow over my face if I had to. Whatever it is you have to do. It is an act. When you, we put these masks on, we are actually saying we care. That's what we're saying. It's not some big fear-based thing and, oh, we're going to die if we don't. No. It is a statement that we care about the person next to us or the person we're on the bus with or the person that we're walking in a mall beside. So, if anyone comes at you about the mask, there's why we do it. But God is speaking this morning about his power in us. And, and I, I like that it's also that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Fundamentally, that is what's most important. And if, you're, if you are not sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, first of all, you're in the right place this morning. Second of all, you need to get that cleared up. 
Because we should be people who walk with the faith and the knowledge and the confidence of knowing that the power of God lives in us and that the Spirit of God lives in us. Or else we would be cowering in some dark room right now. But the fact of the matter is, we know that Jesus lives with us and in us, and therefore we have hope and we have strength and we have a sense of possibility, but also that's not what makes us so happy. That's not what really makes us go every day. What really should make us go is that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life because, you know, next year there may be some of, uh, some of us not here. Some of us in the natural are closer than others. And some of us may just have an accident, may have an aneurysm, may have a heart attack. Who knows what it is? Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Do you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? This is a very important thing because we're going to spend a much longer period of time in eternity than we are here, wearing a mask or not. So we have to have that assurance. But I want to talk about something. Ephesians 1, starting at verse 18, and it's, it's really interesting that we would have a word this morning about uh, the power of God. Because we want to talk this morning about the power of the resurrection that lives in you and lives in me. And that's not just some theoretical thing that we can say, oh, well, the power of the resurrection lives in me. I think I'll go to Wendy's now. I don't think that's why God put it in us. It's actually there for a purpose. I pray that your hearts will be flooded. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he's talking to the church in Ephesus, uh, which was a huge cultural Roman city. It was massive. It was one of the big Roman cities of the day. It had tremendous intersection of cultures from the east and the west and all kinds of different things. And there was a very powerful church uh, in Ephesus. I pray that your hearts be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. And that's how God sees you this morning, his rich and glorious inheritance. I don't know what you saw when you looked in the mirror this morning. It may not have been a rich and glorious inheritance. That may not have been what you were seeing or thinking about yourself. But God saw it while you were sleeping, while you're waking, while you're walking. He sees you as his rich and glorious inheritance. And that's something that isn't just to be passed off. That is something to walk in because there's an awful lot in life that is going to try to come and tell us otherwise. And we have to be solid in this. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at Christ's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. Let's just... Receive that for a minute. All things, your rent, your health, your relationships, your future, your past, everything about you. And he has made him, Christ, head over all things for the benefit of who? The church. Who's the church? You and me are the church. So Christ has done all this and somehow it benefits us. And the church is his body. 
It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Powerful truth we're being told here is that the body that Jesus is seated in heavenly places and he has power over everything that is on the earth and in heaven, everything. And coincidentally, we're seated there with him. We are in Christ Jesus and he is in us. So we are seated in that same place as Christ. We really need to get this in order to face what's coming on the earth and what is happening to us even now. I mean, if a mask and stuff like this, and I don't mock them because I know people, certain things can really affect people. But we've got to understand that whether it's a mask, whether it's prison, whether it's a loss, whether it's a challenge or a confrontation in our life, there is something in us that is greater than all of it. And if we don't believe that, we're going to bump into stuff in our life and we're going to crumble and we're going to fall. A lot of us are not reaching our potential in our Christian walk because we don't believe the power of Christ lives in us. And it says, and the church is his body. So what's this? This is crazy, really, when you think about it, because you and I right here, like we read the Gospels and we say, well, Jesus was back then. And he was in his full glory, and he was able to walk the earth and do what he did, and that's because he was Jesus and all that stuff. As far as Scripture, the Apostle Paul, and Jesus is concerned, he's still on the earth through you and I. There is no reason that you and I should expect anything different to be happening in our life than what happened to Jesus. We should have no expectation in our life that we cannot do miracles, that we cannot speak and see demons flee, that we cannot speak and see people healed. There's absolutely no reason that we should not expect that in our life. And everything is going to come against you and I to try to tell us that we can't and we shouldn't. And you're going to have all kinds of different theological splinters going on. And, well, it only happens if you do this. And it only happens if you do that. And, oh, and there's a whole group of people that don't believe it ever happens anymore. But we believe, I hope, in the fullness of Scripture. And that we are the body of Christ on the earth. Now, let's also remember that Jesus never had a pot to put a cup of water in. He never had a place to lay his head. He never had the great loving admiration of the real influencers and the real power people of his day. The people that, like Jesus, were a bunch of outcasts and drunks and lepers and prostitutes and tax collectors, those are the people who really hung around Jesus. And boy, oh boy, we can get pretty miffed when we start seeing the people who we think are influencers, whether it be politicians or, or people that we admire or whatever it is, bad-mouthing us as the church. We have to get ready for this. I mean, most of us have lived through it to a degree. But remember, last week we talked about recess is over. And God gave that prophetic picture last week week about the recess being over this free-for-all of just living any way we want and getting whatever we want is over and there's something that is happening in the zeitgeist of our culture right now that is changing we don't totally know where it's going and what it's doing but it's changing and I do not believe that the church is going to uh, end on the happy side of that stick I think 
we're going to start seeing things change. But that doesn't change anything we believe. It shouldn't. That we are the body of Christ. That in us lives the power, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And we have to start thinking like it. We have to start acting like it. And we have to start praying like it. If we don't exercise this knowledge, if you're praying during the week, and hopefully you are, on a daily basis, if we are not praying from this point of view, if we are praying every day according to how we feel, and you know it, sometimes you get up and you don't feel like praying, and you can't believe that God's ever going to change anything, and you can't believe that your brother or sister or aunt or boss or situation is ever going to change, you just can't get it in your head. And you're having a bad serotonin day and you're just not feeling like anything's going to work out. Well, does that change our prayer? No, it shouldn't. But often, most of the time, it will. That's when we have to step back from who we are in the physical and the the chemical and walk into the spiritual reality of who and what we are. I'm not saying it's easy. There's nothing easy about Christianity. There's nothing easy about it. Everything is going to cost you something. Every promise that's in this word of God is going to cost us something for us to believe it and hold on to it. Every kind of thing that we want to do for Jesus is going to cost us something. There's going to be moments of disappointment. I'm sure there are moments for disappointment for Jesus. I mean, when he went into uh, Capernaum and prayed and nobody got healed except it said a few sick folk, I'm sure he was pretty disappointed. He said, are you, he said to his disciples, are you also going to leave me? Why did he say that? Because he was disappointed because everyone had left him. He talked about eating flesh and drinking blood. This is crazy stuff for the Jews of the time. Of course, he was being metaphoric. But he turned around and he said that to them. And I, I think Jesus had real moments of having to get away and pray with his father and re, refill the tank, the spiritual tank. Because he was going out every day into opposition, but also glory. But also glory. In the midst of all this opposition, in the midst of all this stuff, he was still able to do tremendous things where people were willing to receive it. And God has a path for you, and he's going to put you in the situations where people are going to receive it. And you're going to be able to pray for people, and you have been able to pray for people, and you've all, you guys have been walking with Jesus for a long time, most of you. You have some great testimonies of how God has intervened and God has spoken into situations and changed situations. I just want to encourage you this morning and remind you that the power of Almighty God is inside of you, and as the difficulties and the things coming at us from culture and from the world and pandemics and whatever else, as that rises, guess what else rises? The power of God rises, and he will meet you, and like they say in poker, and I'll raise you $2,000. I am so, you know, well, maybe you guys don't gamble, I Hope you don't, maybe. I, no, gambling's not right. But the thing is, I don't gamble either. I don't know how to gamble. Boy, I almost got myself in it there, didn't I? But the fact is, when you are really sure of the hand that you have, what do you do? You raise it. You say, I'm so sure that I have the winning hand 
that I'm going to put an extra $2,000 on the table. And so what do you think of that? And sometimes they're faking it. But the beautiful thing about where we are, we don't have to fake it. We have the winning hand. That's nothing to be arrogant about. That's nothing. That winning hand means that when we hit rough stuff, there's going to be something inside of us that is going to allow us to rise up above it. When we're hit with a situation where we have to do something we don't like and maybe we don't even agree with, like wear a mask, that there's going to be something in us that's going to come up and say, I'm going to do it anyway for the right reasons. When we see what people are saying about faith and the kind of feelings and the feedbacks that we're getting in our culture about what it is we believe and what it is Jesus stands for, it is at that point that we go, well, okay, but there's something in us that rises up. And we go, no, I'm still putting $2,000 more into the game, so to speak. I'm still going forward. And this is the call to keep going forward. Because some won't. There's people that won't make it through this in their spirituality. 1 Peter 3.21, talking about baptism. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. You had to see the other sentence to know why that sounds like that. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. That's what baptism is. You're not getting cleaned. You're just saying, I want to live for Jesus. That's what you're saying when you get baptized. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. That means angels and powers and authority are in submission to Now, do we walk like that? Do we really walk like that as Christians on the earth? No. A lot of the time, we don't. Let's be honest. A lot of the time, we're scared. A lot of the time, we're doubtful. A lot of the time, we're wondering what's going to happen. A lot of the time, we just can't get our head around what Scripture says, and we can't believe it. Welcome to the war. Do do we seriously think that the people who are going to D-Day and jumping off those landing vehicles onto uh, Omaha Beach, that they were standing there going, well, this is going to be a great day of victory. No, they weren't. I know people who were in those and told stories years ago talking about guys losing it on the plane going over to England, knowing they were going to the front line, people getting in those boats, knowing they were going to France, and knowing what was coming throwing up and going into seizures and just losing their mind. You don't hear about that too much. There's a cost to bravery. There's a cost to spiritual courage. I'm not saying those things are going to happen to us, but they're going to try to happen to us. They're going to come to us, and they're going to come to us with anxiety disorders and depression disorders, and they're going to come to us with threats of death and threats of you're not going to make it and threats that you're not going to get through. That's when we need to remember that we have the power of almighty living God inside of us, the power of the resurrection. Jesus was already dead, and God just said, no, and Jesus came back to life. I don't know what's trying to kill you, and I don't know what's going to try to kill us, I mean theologically, and maybe even physically. I don't know. I don't want to be crazy. But at the same time, the world's getting pretty crazy. Call me crazy. The world's getting crazy. But the fact is, there is something inside of us that should be able to face all of it. 
And it's not a feeling. It's not, well, I feel full of faith today, and I feel Jesus is with me. It's not that. It's sitting down and white-knuckling it around scriptures and grabbing a hold of these scriptures and not letting the hand of Satan pull our fingers off those promises and off those realities because there is a greater thing in you than anything that is in the world. And that is the spirit of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know. If somebody's really awake today, like I mean in, in our culture, I think of 19-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds who have a, a little spit of life ahead of them and are awake at all and understanding what's going on in our culture and, and how things are going. It must be very daunting to think of the house and the picket fence and the two kids and, you know, and the pension and the retirement. It must be very hard to even think about those kinds of things with all of the rhetoric that's in our society. But the truth of the fact is, God has a plan for your life, and this pandemic, crazy politicians, broken down economies, medical systems gone crazy, whatever it is, is not stopping the plan that God has for your life. There is absolutely no reason you need to give up your dreams. There's absolutely no reason you should change your course unless God tells you to. All of a sudden says, well, actually, what I want you to be is a baker. You know, I want to be a, a physicist. Well, I, God wants you to be a baker. Or whatever that is. Whatever the change may be that God wants, and that's okay. But for now, we need to believe for our children. We need to believe that God heals. We need to believe that God delivers. We need to believe that God opens doors. The same way he opened and rolled away that stone from Jesus, from the tomb of Christ, the same way he can roll away whatever is in your way. He can move it. But the fact is, the weird thing about it is that we have to agree with him. This is where it gets tricky. It's very clear in Scripture Paul talks about it. Paul is very emphatic about it. He's saying, oh yeah, you're saved if, a lot of denominations have taken out that if. You'll spend eternity, I'm paraphrasing, you'll spend eternity with Christ if, and there is some ifs that we need to understand as Christians. We just don't get it because 40 years ago we said a prayer at at some conference or crusade or something And then we're skipping in the tulips of Jesus for the rest of our... It's not that. There is an if to the ever-increasing measure of Christ in our life. And that if is if we believe. If we agree with God and believe. And sometimes belief is not a, a physical sensation. It's not a physical thing. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that speaker is there. Because I can touch it. Right? It's right there. But I believe China exists, but I can't see it right now. I can't, I, but I know it's over there. I can't see it, but I know it's over there somewhere because I've seen pictures of it, and people have come back from there and told me that it exists. They didn't land on the water and then, no, China's actually there. And Scripture has, has put all these things down for us so that we can say, no, I may not see it, But I know it's there because scripture is there. I know that heaven exists because Jesus came back to tell us that it exists. We know that these things are real. 
But we have, so we have to agree with God that yes, good things can happen in your life. That you don't have to be a beggar in front of God. Now that doesn't mean that we're arrogant and presumptuous and saying I want a Cadillac and I want a house with four bathrooms and I want that's, you know, you've been here long enough, you know that's not what I'm talking about. But what we're, we can be confident, now that's a different word altogether, we can be confident that God will meet our needs and if scripture is any indication, he will give us much more than our needs. Paul talked to the Thessalonians about giving money. Might have been the Corinthians, Second Corinthians. But anyway, he was talking to them about giving money. And he was talking about money. And he said, listen, Jesus was poor so that you could be rich. Yes, rich in spiritual things and that kind of stuff. But also God wants to meet your financial needs and my financial needs. I say that only because I know it's a very big element in our life. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? The guys being thrown in the fire in Daniel. They said, well, God will deliver us from the fire. But even if he doesn't, I'm going to serve him. Is that our statement today? Or are we going to have to wear a mask and say, I'm not coming to church? And this isn't just, I know there's, I've talked to other pastors. They're having real, like there's some people that are really getting cranky about having to adhere to some of the protocols and some of the distancing, and they just think it's all crazy. You see the thin ice we walk on sometimes? We think ourselves so strong and all, we're all for Jesus, until you have to put a mask on, until you have to distance, until you have to whatever it is, right? And so we really need to understand that whatever comes our way, God has got the power and the strength against it. Second Corinthians 3, we finish. So all of us who have had that veil removed, he was talking about Moses with the veil when he came down off Mount Horeb, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to reflect the glory of the Lord in the world today. Who is And the Lord, who is the Spirit, the Spirit lives in us, the Lord lives in us, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. And I finish with that simply to say it's a process. And I know some of you are, well, I'm 60, and some of you are older. Thank you, Joe. Joe said amen. I have the right to say that. But you are still in process. And there's some people who are 18, 25, whatever, they're in process. If we ever forget that we, are, that we are in process, if we ever forget that, we're going to get impatient with what we don't yet have. And we have to realize that God is determined to take us step upon step, precept upon precept. He is going to bring us into the image, the glorious image of Jesus Christ And I don't think there's any more glorious an image than you and I walking in this world, walking with confidence, walking with faith, walking with being able to say, okay, it's rough, but God is with me. You're sick, I can pray for you. You need deliverance, we're going to pray for you. You need Jesus, I'm going to bring him to you. 
and having the confidence to be able to do that no matter what the circumstance. That, I think, is a beautiful thing in the eyes of the world. Not running around screaming and hollering about our rights as Christians, but to simply take our blows when we need to take them, just like Jesus did. He was there in front of Pilate, and he never said a thing. Well, he said a couple of things, but went in front of Herod, never said anything. There's a time to say something, and then there's a time not to. And I think the only time it is to say something is when we're going to bless people with what we're going to say. It's calls for the real character of Christ to walk in this stuff, to be gracious and to be humble and to understand people's and I'm not making fun in any way, shape, or form of anyone who feels that they can't come because of a mask. I understand that. Some people have real problems with it. I understand. It's not, it's not a judgment of their spiritual worth. It's not a judgment when people aren't able to raise to the occasion of whatever it is that life is demanding of us. Sometimes we fail. <laughs> Get ready. And if we're not ready to understand that that's part of the walk, too, that we fail. We don't always hit the mark. We're not always what we want to be. We're not always what we should be. Does that mean that we've somehow lost? No, the Spirit of God is still inside of us, and there's that resurrection power that will bring you to the next phase, and then you'll get another chance, and you'll get another opportunity. God is never going to give up on you. Oh, I haven't been in church for three years. Well, guess what? Today you are. And it's a whole new world. I mean... I haven't done this, and I haven't been the way I should have been. Well, guess what? God knew that. He loves you anyway, and he's willing to start from wherever you're willing to start. And God has a really neat way of eating up all the stuff that the enemy has tried to destroy and all of a sudden put your life very quickly back into order. God wants to bless us today. Father, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for what you're saying to us today, Lord. We thank you that the power of the resurrection is inside of us. And that, Father God, today is a new start. There's people here, I just feel to say it, uh, that the, it's a new start. There's something new starting today, a new attitude, a new sense of options, a new sense of possibility, a reminder of, of Christ. A remi- something's going on where something is being renewed and rekindled in the heart and This is the call of the Holy Spirit, and I just pray that you say yes to it in whatever degree. It might be a saint of God who has failed, a saint of God who has missed the mark, a saint of God who maybe has just not felt they are where they should be and where they could be, and they just want to get on the wagon, so to speak, and get back into it. That's your day today. The power of the resurrection, the power to come from death to life, the power to be out of the game and be put back in the game. Uh, Have your faith that has maybe been dashed and just forgotten for some reason all of a sudden come back to life. This is the power of the resurrection. A desire to go deeper with God. This is what the power of the resurrection does. A determination to go out and be different around the people you work with, the people you live with, the people that you have influence with. This is the power of the resurrection because God wants you to be that glorious image of Christ in the earth. Today is a new day. Today is a new beginning. Today is the first day of the new thing that God wants to do in your life. So, Father, we receive it. We receive it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God is good, eh? God really is good. He really is. The, um, 
Well, uh, Corwin, I forgot to put a song in for the offering. Uh, so we can just go to the next slide anyway.